Change is hard. Digital transformation is harder. Moving a company's technology, people, and products into the future often fails. If your organization is not native to the digital economy, there's one question that can strike fear in the hearts of its leaders. And that is, what is your digital strategy? On the show today, we're talking to a CIO who is successfully leading his firm's shift to digital. As the CIO of Vodafone, Manuel Patino Luengo, or as he prefers to be called, Manu, has worked across various domains at Vodafone for the past 11 years. To him, software and coding is like a superpower, and he believes strongly in creating a cultivating culture where technology and people come together to work in harmony, rather than operating as a separate entities. We talk about the future of telco, the new business model, delivering total service to the household, 5G, and much more. Manu, thanks for joining. Welcome, Manu. Uh, thanks for uh, being a guest in our Porter Connect, Connect podcast. Uh, today we will talk about digital transformation, uh, but uh, we would like to start with a personal direction to stuff because we think technology is just an enabler. The digital stuff is just an enabler, but the people, the culture, the processes around them make it differentiating. So, um, we would like to start by highlighting a central focus on our guests and their journey. I understand you were a software lover since childhood. I was so as well. I mentioned in our just uh, small talk before the recording to then being a transformation firefighter. You call yourself a firefighter. Where does it come from, actually? Uh, uh, it's interesting to understand uh, my career just going to the beginning, okay? Um, as you said, uh, since I was a child, I was falling in love with, with the code. For me, it's, it's, it was amazing that something that you can write then goes to the machine, a machine, do whatever you want to do. So uh, for me, it was as magic as being a superhero. So it's, it's something that I think that all the little kids wants to be, you know? All, all the little kids wants to be a superhero. So for me, uh, just coding was a superpower. For me, you know, it's that just transform myself in other person and can manage your own world. So I was really focused on code, coding since the beginning of my career. Uh, for that, I, I choose to, to study computing engineer, really focus on the, in the software. And at the end of my university, I choose to go to an integrator, integrator just to to understand the technology. I think that in that moment in Spain, uh, the most important companies uh, around the technology was Integrator, was Accenture, Pricewaterhouse, IBM, uh, Every, so now is Entity Data. So this kind of company uh, has the capacity in Spain to bring you um, all the technology that is around the world. So I thought that was a, a a great movement, no? and I begin as a programmer, as, as everybody, you know, uh, uh, doing uh, coding, uh, understanding the technology, because uh, in that eight years that I was there, uh, for sure I, I learned a lot of things uh, about managing, about uh, managing people and managing uh, budget, but the most important thing that I learned over there was to understand the technology. 
not a certain technology, just the concept, okay? If you um, find a way to understand what is behind the technology, you don't care what kind of technology are you are using because the technology have the same behavior always. So that gives me uh, that capacity, you know, the capacity to understand what is behind the technology and to understand uh, how can I use the technology to change the world because as or continue with the, with the superhero uh, <laughs> analogy. Um, I think that in IT, on the digital world, we can change the society. That is the most important thing. Or we can help to the society to change. Okay? And uh, in a society, as we have already, with a lot of uh, desigualty, uh, with people with a lot of money, with people with not opportunities, I think that the digital world can give them the opportunities that they don't have in the normal society. So uh, we have that responsibility. Give them that opportunities. Give them that capacity to do certain things that they already can do it. I think this brings us to a deeper conversation because I, uh, I strongly believe what you say uh, but also I see that for better or worse, we are already impacting uh, the society and in some cases for the worse, unfortunately. Uh, so we need to look for how we can convert this to actually a positive uh, outcome way instead of uh, impacting the society in a better man uh, worse manner. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great discussion. I mean, uh, we need to find... Uh, the line in which we are crossing the the lines, okay? Now, many people is talking about metaverse. We are talking about uh, the new future that, that we are expecting. <sighs> but for me, and perhaps this is not really common to say from an IT uh, professional, but the technology must help to the society. We do not need to create a new one, okay? And I don't want a society in which all the people will be connected to a computer or to a laptop or to an iPad and forget what is around them, okay? Because the real world is not in a computer. The computer must help you. But this is a, a, a line that we need, we need to ensure that we are not cross. Okay? Uh, yesterday I was listening to a podcast, yes, boys, yeah. Recording, we also listen to podcasts, uh, and in there, I I heard something which, to be honest, I couldn't make myself uh, my head around it, because we are complaining that, like you said, a lot of people are focusing on their devices when they are on metro or buses. Today, I came for the first time in my life to Madrid, and I found myself responding emails in the taxi instead of looking around. So uh, that is that is a bad behavior. I found myself in that, but. In the podcast, uh, the guest was telling, actually, the medium is changing, but the behavior is the same. What he means by that is, in the 1970s, 80s, people were also blaming newspapers because everybody was diving into the newspaper when they were in the metro instead of talking to each other. So the guest is saying, uh, he's arguing that 
newspaper. Today, it's more interactive. It's a mobile phone. You can interact with other people as well. But the behavior, actually, the human behavior, has not changed. I, ag- I agree with that. It's true that the behavior is similar. For me, the difference is the content. Okay? In the past, it's true that you was focused on the newspaper or focusing a book. But that's culture. Sometimes now you're focused on TikTok or in a stupid video in the media. So the context is not the same. Uh, I think that uh, the culture that we are providing to the, to the people uh, is less or has less quality than the, the culture or the content that they have in the past. Why? Because it's easy to do it. Okay. It's, okay. Uh, For example, I'm not a TikToker. I, I'm, I just have the application just to, to understand what's behind, okay? Uh, but it's incredible how you can spend your time watching stupid things during hours. Uh, in the moment that you finish your, the, the time that you are reviewing the TikTok, you say, okay, I spent one hour and a half doing nothing. That's incredible. It's true that in the 90s, you have the TV to do that. Many people watch the TV during, during hours, but was in your, at your house, and sometimes you have only one TV for all the people in your house, so you can share the space, you can create a community with your family, you can discuss with them what kind of, of, of um, TV shows you can watch. Now, everybody's in their platform, they have their iPads or the mobile, everybody's in different rooms. So we are creating a lot of capacities, but we need to ensure that they don't destroy or don't this damage, damage the society that we have. I think it's the business case behind it, because uh, back in the 1970s, 80s, uh, the newspaper was something that every day you were making a decision to buy it or not, or to buy another newspaper. So every day, those newspapers, owners, or the companies, needed to make sure that uh, they would provide quality content, at least on the front page, at least on the front page, uh, to convince the buyers to purchase their newspaper. Then the magazines, the subscription models, uh, when you look at Netflixes of this world as well, the subscription models, Still, instead against the TVs, they need to keep a certain quality level, but they are allowed to make mistakes. So not all of the shows on Netflix should be perfect. If you find something, you, it is just enough to keep your subscription level. That is the importance. But whereas when we go to, to TikToks and Instagrams of this world, Facebooks of this world, metaverses of this world, the content is only important to get your attention. Because the business model is how many how many minutes you spend instead of your purchase decision. That's that's the, the algorithm that everybody talking about. That the algorithm is is based on your attention. Okay, the 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 business model is based on your attention. Okay, so they are trying to maintain you connect to a, your mobile during hours, and they don't care what you are doing. The most important thing, the only important thing, is that you are connected. So for that, I think that uh, we need to 
to build uh, a society based on the technology, but use the technology to do a best society. And it's true that uh, with all the capacities that we already have around the technology, I'm talking about metaverse and this kind of new universe, perhaps we are building another thing. So, uh, coming back to your career, you started uh, with uh, Integrator. Uh, you thought that that was the best place that you could learn more about technology to uh, improve yourself. And then you moved to a global telco provider, Vodafone namely. Uh, what was that move? What made you decide uh, to move to the client side of things, uh, Vodafone in this case, And then, yeah, it's an incredible journey, 13 years. I usually use this analogy when I see these long careers in one company. You were there, Vodafone was built around you because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you saw huge transformation, I think. Tell us about um, that, please. Yes, um, as I said, during the seven years, eight years that I was in, in the integrator, uh, I learned a lot of about the technology, how to manage projects, how to lead this transformation from the uh, integrator side. But it's true in the moment that you became a manager, you begin to do more commercial activities, okay? And in that moment, I was two years as manager, something like that. I felt that I was losing the opportunity to go in deep detail with, with, with really, um, with, with profundity. The essence of the, the, the essence, essence of, of the technology. technology. I will listen, and in that situation, I was giving uh, support to Vodafone, mm -hmm. and, and my partner in Vodafone uh, requested to me for a profile, and I said, "Okay, uh, <laughs> could be me." <laughs> and and it's true that it was a strange movement because, uh, as I said before, I was manager in the integrator. I was two years as as manager with a really good career, uh, a lot of growth, and I will do a, a, a back step, okay? Because I moved to Vodafone as project manager without team, uh, being member of a, of, of a team, but uh, I thought that was the moment to come back to the essentials, and, and I did it. I, I lose money, I lose career, but I thought that was a movement that I need to to create uh, uh, the force enough to, to, to move forward, okay? So that was the movement, that was a strange, but I was really happy and I, and I was really uh, sure that was the, the, the path that I need to, to follow. And the, the truth is that the, the years confirmed my decision, so I, <laughs> I was good. Yeah, that is something um, I think a lot of the listeners would be interested to understand because everybody starts in a company uh, with a career path. And usually what we see happening, uh, to be honest, I cannot remember the, uh, the name of that um, triangle. But basically what happens is if you become better, they move you up the scale, they move you up, up, up until you fail. Uh, that that is the usual thing, and at a certain moment you fail. You don't uh, because it's not that uh, over years you need to because these are different roles. When you go up the stairs, those are different roles, which requires different capabilities, different uh, yeah, different skills. 
uh, and at the end you fail. And uh, yeah, sitting just uh, across me, I see a person that didn't fail on these different capabilities. What made you actually so adaptive in the process to learn from it? It's a good question. Um, I always say that that my career in Balafon is is not normal. Uh, it's, it's difficult to find a person that goes from the an specialist, uh, and now in fifteen no forty years, uh, fourteen years, I am in the local ESCO. So I, I my career is is incredible growth, but. I think it's a combination between different things. The first thing is um, a bit of luck, okay? Being in, in, in the moment, in the correct moment, in the correct, in the correct uh, place, so that's really important. The second is uh, the time that I uh, spent in the integrator and helped me how to understand the technology and how to understand how can we build this technology? How can we use this technology to, to, to find a way to help the people? Because this is the, the target that I have. And the third one was um, in the moment that I did the change, and I changed integrator to, with a, a final customer, I learned how to manage people. Okay? Um, when you're an integrator, you have soldiers. I mean, your team... Everybody is equal. They have the same ambitions. They have, uh, they're really focused on the world. They want to grow. So everybody is the same. So to manage them, it's pretty easy. Okay, you can manage an amount of people because their behavior is the same. When I changed to Vodafone, I found a complex team, people that is down and that wants to grow, people that has been in the company during 30 years and they want to stabilize their life and they're in the final of their careers. And I understand that you need to understand the people, each other. I mean, they are not, can manage everybody in the same way. And I learned that for my teams and I begin to manage that the people in different way, but I used to, do it with my business partners, okay? And I find a way to, to have empathy with them, to, to be in their shoes, okay? To try to, to, I don't want to be the IT guy that is a problem, that is always late, and it's a, a, a thing that you need to do, but you don't want to. I want the, a business partner. I want to, to be involved with you. I want to understand your business. I want to give you opinions about business because I understand it and I can share with you my opinions. And I can bring you the technology to help you to achieve your targets. And then together, let's find how can we do it using technology, using people, using whatever we need to use. But I think... The IT must, tra must transform, transform themselves uh, in a business partner um, mentality and, and, and capabilities. I mean, you, you need to, to bring them the knowledge but knowing what they need to do and what their ambition. So in the different movements that I have in my career, 
uh, as I said to you, um, Vodafone used me so many times in all the areas that we have problems, okay? So... <laughs> That's the where the firefighter word coming, is coming from, I guess, okay. Um, I find the, the way to, to, to find uh, solutions, okay? I'm I, I not focused on the problem. I'm not focused on uh, trying to find who did it, why we did it. Okay, perhaps you need to know it to ensure that that doesn't happen again. But when you have a problem, the most important thing is to understand what is the impact and what, can thing, what kind of things you can do to mitigate that problem, okay? And mo most of the time, it's not just technology. I think the, the 90% of the times is behaviors, is way of working, is do things in other way because... In this kind of big companies, there are a lot of departments, there are a lot of silos, and sometimes, or most of the times, the most important thing over there is the communication between them and create an ecosystem and an environment that allows people work together without trying to give the responsibility to you because it's your fail. No, no, don't worry. There is no fail here. There is a problem that we need to solve. Let's do it together, okay? And I think that that's a capability that gives me uh, this uh, capacity to growth in different positions. Uh, and, and it's true. It, it, I didn't fail yet, but let's see. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, but if I understand you correctly, uh, first of all, in the problem solving, you could bring people towards uh, together towards one common goal, which is uh, achieving the solution, which brings people actually an ambition, a target to move forward. And at the same time, you looked at them as individuals to understand, to empathize with them and uh, understand what their own targets, own career plans, own what they expect from this business uh, is to help them better so that it could they, they could be more motivated. So you you looked at their motivation button, buttons, actually, to um, click on it so that they can move towards the same target. Yeah, I think that it's really important to lead with example. Okay, for me, it was, clear, was uh, the most important thing in my career, I think. Uh, because you cannot um, expect something from someone if you're not doing that. Okay, for, so for me... I, uh, I'm the leader of the team, but I'm a member of the team. So the only difference between us is that I have more view, perhaps, and more responsibility. But we are the same uh, team, so you can share with me your opinions, you can share with me what do you think about the things, and you will see me um, involved in the problem. Okay? It's not your problem, and I'm expecting that you bring me a solution. I will be involved in that problem, I will help you trying to create the best ecosystem to you to give you all the things that you need to solve that problem, okay? So at the end, there are a lot of leaders that are just expecting that someone brings with a solution. And uh, I'm not that kind of leader. I'm a leader that being involved, I want to understand what is behind, and I try to create that ecosystem trying to 
to to give to the people uh, that that possibility, no, to to grow, to build, to to feel free, and I think that that is amazing because in in the moment that you see uh, uh, I call it growing, thinking different, uh, build uh, a new way of working or build a new uh, solution, um, that's that's amazing. That's uh, that's uh, is 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 the most um, I'm saying it in English, but is is the most um, rewarding rewarding thing that you can have in in, in the liberal in the liberal life. And uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, impressive, to be honest, Mane. Uh, so moving within Vodafone, you became digital transformation leader. Uh, digital transformation is a word that. I prefer to use actually business transformation and I say business transformation in the digital era. So it's not digital transformation. It's not about only being digital. It's about you need to transform your business. That is business transformation because of the digital era. That is uh, how I explain it. What is the most exciting thing for you every day in this uh, transformation journey? Okay. Um, the first thing I'm totally agree with you. Okay. Uh, all the transformation that had been led by IT was a disaster, okay? So um, the transformation is not the IT transformation. It's the business transformation. IT will help you, will hold you, will give you the capabilities to do it, but, but for sure it's, it's a business transformation. What's the most uh, amazing thing that I'm living every day of... Just trying to transform the society, okay? Uh, in Vodafone, we are a big company, a huge company in all the world with a big responsibility because, as we said at the beginning, uh, in a society we had a lot of disequality um, with people that uh, have a lot of money, but other people that don't have any opportunities, they don't have the, the capacity to, to connect to, to, to internet or or to build a new future for them, both uh, of them have the mission to give them the connectivity, to give them the possibility to build a new future for them. So the thing that, I, that, that uh, when I wake up in the morning uh, uh, and I'm trying to manage the breakfast with my kids, uh, I'm thinking, okay, Manu, it's another day. It's another day perfect to change the world. And it's, I think it's the thing that we are doing in Vodafone. We are building platforms, we are building capabilities, we are building uh, technology, just trying to connect people, just trying to give to the people new opportunities, just trying to build a society, a fair society, that I think that we don't have already. Thanks, Manu. It's really inspiring to hear about your motivation uh, that every, every day pushes you to go to work. Uh, that's, that I will use as a segue to talk about actually the telecommunications, namely telco industry and uh, where it has come from and where it is going to. Um, belonging to a background of software technology and innovation, my question is, what I'm interested to hear from you is, how do you approach the process of making a radical change or difference within the work environment uh, in such a heavily regulated environment? 
Because telco, everybody thinks banking, finance is the heavily regulated environment, but actually telecommunications is also heavily regulated. So how do you create change there, that culture within the company? Uh, I think that uh, the telcos are, are working on it during the last, I think, five years or something like that, okay? Um, because we are fighting with, with big companies, the, the, the internet companies that as Google, Facebook, and, and we need to find how to manage the situation, okay? The, the, the view of the telco five years ago was, okay, these guys are using our technology, are using our capabilities to, to, to do their business and to win amount uh, of money so so and we are not winning that kind that amount of money but they are using us to do it so you cannot compete with them in their field you need to create a new uh, field to play with them and to share with them okay so i think that that this is, we are in the moment now that the, the telco industry is understanding but we are not fighting or we, not, we don't need to fight with the Facebooks and Google and that kind of companies. We need to build a common environment with them. Because if you will fight with them, you will lose, for sure. Okay? So um, they have uh, an ecosystem they have built in the digital, uh, in the digital um, world, so they don't have the legacy things that we... Uh, the legacy... Uh, systems that we already have. So they are playing in a different uh, field that we are playing. They are investing amount of money that we need to invest on the network. So we will not invest in IT or, or we cannot invest in innovation. So at the end, the most important thing is let's find a way to create this ecosystem. Okay? And this ecosystem could be created becoming the telco industry in your service industry, okay? What does it mean? Uh, already the telco is really focused on connectivity. But we are now uh, trying to find a way to help our customers in other uh, business, I mean, security, uh, e-health. Uh, there are a lot of things that uh, our customers need in their homes that now... They are using other providers. Sometimes they are using other providers that are not digital. Okay, so I think that that uh, telco is trying to create an ecosystem in which we can deliver um, all the needs that the customer has in their homes. Okay, with a good uh, customer experience, with a common journey with a loyalty program between them. For example, you can uh, create uh, points by the connectivity and then you can use it to pay your insurance. So at the end, you can create an ecosystem in which you can build a relation with your customer and your customer is not seeing you as the connectivity guy. is seeing you as the company that create their digital home, okay? So we are working on this purpose 
uh, we are working with Google, we are working with Amazon, working and working with Facebook together, trying to bring that capabilities that they have, okay, because already they are in another in another level, but we can use that capabilities to create these local environments. Because it's true that this, these companies are uh, huge and are around the world, but it's true that the, they don't have the local sense, the local uh, perception, okay? The needs that your people have uh, day by day, okay? And that what kind of things that they need in their home to use that kind of things that this kind uh, that providers can give you. So we need to find the way to bring that technology to our customer homes. Okay. Uh, so this is, um, if I understand you correctly, um, the telecommunication companies got squeezed a little bit with uh, new tech giants that are using their platforms, basically technology, to deliver uh, consumers different experiences, new experiences. And now Telco actually is redefining its space. And uh, I think we are calling that Telco is a service, uh, that is it, and to focus on the households to deliver a full consumer service with uh, that the consumer can actually make sure ease of living, basically, because you need certain services uh, for your life and uh, you can have an ease of living uh, without thinking of it. One single provider, one single vendor supporting you in this one, offering you uh, different services. Um, I think there's also an impact on 5G on this one. I want to connect to that one uh, in the business strategy because the 3G was in our lives for, I think, three to five years, if I remember correctly. Uh, depends on the country, definitely. Then the 4G came in because in the 3G era, we also had the need to have uh, better connection speeds, uh, better maybe uh, talking or messaging, sending pictures, etc. And uh, But when the 4G came, it was a true innovation. It's, it was a big step forward. And to be honest, in my daily life, even though I'm uh, always on the go, I don't need anything else than 4G. I can <laughs> watch movies, I can have meetings. I'm, uh, I love sailing, we didn't talk about this. And uh, on my boat, I have 4G connectivity with uh, telco antennas, quite big antennas. In every bay, I have connection, I have coverage, and I can do all my meetings with uh, video and audio. So 5G is a technology, technological innovation which requires a lot of investment as far as I know. Their um, coverage systems, their cellular systems are different and it requires a lot of information, a lot of investment. And at the same time, uh, a lot of um, fake news uh, around <laughs> it uh, that is causing actually a pushback from the consumers actually on uh, 5G. They, uh, but at the same time, Currently, personally, as a technology person, I don't see the need for me to buy, buy, pay a premium for 5G. Currently, what do you think um, 5G will bring to our lives and what kind of needs uh, that it will deliver to the usual consumer? It's, it's true. Um, in, the, in the personal life, it's, different. it's difficult to find now uh, uses cases, but it's true that now 5G is really focused on business. Okay, there are a lot of business that will use this kind of technology, and they 
them, them and that technology will help them to innovate. They will help the, that technology will help them to reduce cost. They, they will that technology will help them to um, create a new environment. I mean, all related to IoT. Okay, there are a lot of business that could be managed with uh, IoT from remote places. Okay, that that reduce a lot of the cost of the uh, operations. There are a lot of um, uh, things around smart cities, drones flying, uh, services that you can manage with IoT technology to bring uh, the garbage or to give to the society things um, more in the business area. Okay. Um, it's true that perhaps you're in, your, in your common life, you are not needing today, but the society is changing really fast, okay? And perhaps in a couple of years you will need it because now you're watching uh, movies in your smartphone, but perhaps in a couple of years you will, uh, you will be in, involved in the movie with VR, okay? Or watching uh, a football match in the stadium, but in remotely. So at the end, we will find uh, different case, uses cases for the common life. But it's true that today, the 5G is focused on the business because there are a lot of things that this technology could do to, to, to increase that uh, benefits. Thank you, thank you. Um, also, there are a lot of companies, uh, these uh, big technology companies, focusing on and investing in um, satellite connectivity. And the satellite connectivity is something actually sailors use. I will use, uh, use the same example when they are crossing the ocean because there we don't have coverage. Uh, but now there are a lot of companies that would like to bring that technology to the usual consumer, which can also access, have connectivity with uh, uh, what we are using today, uh, the technology. So what do you think about that? Is it an over-engineering, engineered process? Uh, is it for today, probably it's too expensive, but in the future, is it the future? It's difficult to, to, to see the future, okay? It's true that I think that it's not uh, a technology that could be uh, used today, but by common people. I mean, it's too expensive. Uh, it needs a chain of mind of, of the society. Uh, in the it's the future. Perhaps it's the future. Uh, and the telco company needs to invest on, on that to ensure that they are in the in the in the ground. Okay, but but it's true that today. It's not easy to say that it uh, if this technology will be the future or perhaps. Um, it's too expensive to, to, to give to everybody and just will be used for certain things, ensuring that you are connecting all the time, but just for this kind of people that will need it, okay? Okay. Um, in our way of working, in, yeah, uh, we are also uh, an integrator, maybe we can call it like that way, but we are also a business and technology consulting company. And uh, we need to sometimes deliver transformation within uh, big organizations. And 
to be honest, outside is easier because when you're coming from outside, you come in, you can say whatever you want, you can be as bold as you want. <laughs> uh, and uh, to be honest, I'm happy that people pay attention to what we say. So uh, it's also rewarding. But inside those organizations, it's a little bit more, I guess, difficult, like we discussed a little bit before, to uh, get to understand individuals' ambitions, where do they want to go. Um, what do you believe uh, is needed to, in order to make a successful transformation? And maybe you can tell us something that didn't go as planned. You don't need to name uh, companies or places or time, uh, but maybe you can, we can learn from it. Uh, but for me, the, the most important thing is to manage the, the change management. I mean, uh, a transformation program uh, changes the company's life. Okay, not only the business, the company's life, and you need to ensure that everybody understands what that means. Okay, sometimes uh, these kind of projects are being led by IT, so people from business is not involved. Uh, uh, so, so this kind of of, of projects, the, the first step to ensure the successful of this kind of project is involve the senior management of the company, okay? Um, involve the local ESCO or the ESCO of the company, ensure that they understand what is happening to ensure that they, um, they understand not only the technology, they understand the change that the company will have and understand the, the change that we will have in the business. And then we can go through all the company communicating this kind of situations. Because the most common things in this kind of project is that you have involved hundreds of people that they really don't know what the, the, the overall project. They are doing certain things in this project. No, I'm doing this kind of code or I'm doing this uh, uh, project management but I don't have idea of what is the uh, ambition of the project. I don't know how it's going. So it's really important involve everybody, communicate everybody, work with the people, try to um, break uh, barriers, uh, work together with the business. I think that the team management is the most forgetting uh, activity most of times in these kind of projects. Everybody say that, but nobody do it, okay? Everybody say, okay, all the chain management, it's really important. I will put a, a PMO to manage the, the chain management. But the chain management must be done for the whole organization, not just for a PMO, PMO that leads this transformation. So for me, if you want to success in, this, in a transformation program, the most important thing is to ensure that the a senior management of the company is leading, is supporting, is uh, conscious of what is behind this project and the advantage that that comes and ensure that you create a community with clear communication of what is happening and where we are to ensure that everybody that is involved knows where we are and what are we doing. Thank you. Thank you, Manu. Uh, really inspiring because 
We have been, I've personally been in uh, some programs where the technology cost millions of euros for global companies. Uh, but uh, since the change management, the processes, and actually the culture, the people uh, is left aside, uh, that technology is not working at the end. Yeah. So uh, we have been involved recently, actually, since six months, uh, and uh, now for, to, for next year in a program like this, uh, where we need to understand the technology that has been developed for three years, where does it land, how we can lend it, properly in the business. So it is, it is basically the critical success criteria to be able to achieve that. One thing I want to highlight there, because you mentioned that you need to give them big strategy, the big picture to the every uh, team member so that they know that what the, what the work they are doing is contributing to which outcome of the business, which I totally agree. Sometimes I struggle, to be honest, I, I want to ask whether you have the same view or not. Sometimes I struggle the other way around as well. The ESCO, you are a member of the ESCO, and the ESCO level knows why that project is being done, but sometimes they miss what it takes for that project to be realized. And um, so I think that's two-way street, I think. When you look from a 30,000 feet, all of the cars all of the vehicles, sorry about my wording, seems the same. And you can ask me, hey, Barish, can you drive this one? And I can say, yeah, but some of them are uh, lorries, some of them are trucks, some of them are buses. I can only drive cars and motorbikes. And then you tell me, but you told me all of them are vehicles. Why can you not drive them all? <laughs> so that happens sometimes. And I would like to, because I heard from you that you need to understand uh, the, how the technology works so that you can leverage that technology for your business outcome. I believe that you go into necessary detail uh, to make a decision, but do you, can you say it in general that everybody is taking that approach to do so? Well, uh, I don't know if everybody is doing it. I think this is necessary. Um, and for me, it's, it's a CIO responsibility to bring to the ESCO that knowledge. I mean... Uh, it's my responsibility as CIO to, to communicate to the ESCO, to, the, to, the, to people that is not technology experts, these kind of things, this kind of difference. What is the project uh, behavior or what is the project um, uh, essentials? Okay. Uh, trying to uh, find the line between technology and business, uh, mixing both things, giving them the business view, because they need it, but giving them some technology view that they will use to understand the overall picture. So for me, the CIO has a lot of responsibility, but in transformation, this is the most important one. Because sometimes, as you know, this uh, misunderstanding between what the team is building and what the ESCO is expecting. And then at the end of the project, you had built something that nobody will use, okay? Or will not bring the benefits that the ESCO is expecting. So it's really important to be honest with the ESCO. Sometimes you are not, you cannot be honest because the project is not going in the correct way. So you, you need to be, you, you need to be, uh, transparent on that. Uh, I'm, I'm really honest. I'm, my way of, of, of leading is, is with honesty, 
as uh, in front of my 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 person, and when you felt and the transformation programs is usual is 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 common. Is common sorry, in a transformation program, it's really common to fail. It's important to identify as soon as possible and be brave. Uh, in the transformation uh, programs, it's really common to fail. Okay, the most important thing is try to fail with the small things. Try to identify identify it as soon as possible, and be brave to stop things, to rethink, to come on, uh, to to do a communication with the proper uh, stakeholders. Sometimes you need to go to the ESCO, and your face will be red because you need to assume some situations. But if you make the decision to still go forward, these small issues that you are fighting at the end will be a complete disaster. So you need to be brief, brave to, to, to understand that these small things uh, could be problems today, but will be solved in certain time, and that will be the success of your problem of your program in the future. Thank you. Uh, I think uh, what I try to communicate with my team or the clients is, uh, I think the real failure is not when you miss a deadline or when the re yeah when the delivery is not uh, according to the quality or something. The real failure happens when you do not learn from it. That is, uh, that's also something we need to we see in some of the organizations. They just try to sweep it under the carpet, uh, but actually it requires an autopsy uh, to be able to move forward. Otherwise, uh, it's just a waste of money and waste of time, waste of resources, demotivated people, uh, because we, when you learn from it, uh, if we wouldn't learn from it, we wouldn't and, be here. And, and, and that's this kind of projects that we are talking about, projects with a, a big amount of money, sometimes are three, two, three years of durations. If your people see that in the moment that you find something that is not working properly, you try to uh, discard and forget and let's see what happens in the future, they will not uh, have the, the, the behavior, uh, the correct behavior to, to, to maintain the, the, the good line, the, the good journey. So I think the, uh, nobody wants to delay a project. Okay, it's true, it's true. But two months of delay in a project for two years is nothing for a company. A disaster of delivery in a project of two years and hundreds of, of millions of euros is a disaster of a company. Or even not a delay. If you, if you are delayed in the project timeline and then at the end you deliver on time, uh, it doesn't mean that you delivered the full scope. Maybe sure, you sacrifice sure. something. Maybe yeah. you sacrifice quality. Maybe you sacrifice some of the functionality. Maybe you sacrifice the health of the people. You sacrifice something to deliver on time, which is uh, with clear and transparent communication can be rearranged, like you said, in two years of project, two months later uh, going live with the proper go live is more important than on time with uh, some sacrifices. But, but this is the thing that we said before, okay? It's really important to be, be to be brave 
And it's really difficult sometimes because you need to go to an ESCO uh, table to explain them that the money, that their investment uh, are not uh, in the situation and in the status that they want to. But that's the responsibility and our salary is, is, is based on that. So, so I think that um, be honest with you and with your work and be proud of the project that you are doing is the best uh, way to success. Because I was sometimes in transformation, in big transformation projects in which the team that are building that are knowing that this is a disaster. Everybody is knowing, but we are still doing, and we are still spending money, and we are still spending time, and nobody is trying to uh, find the, the way to, to solve it. And uh, this is a common disaster. It's like, it's like a car uh, that is stuck in sand. Uh, if you continue putting your pe- uh, foot on the gas pedal, you will not go to get out, you will, it will just get worse. Thank you, uh, Manu. Just uh, to move towards, again, the personal side, then uh, we will close up. Uh, is there a personal project or hobby of yours uh, that you spend your time, if you have any spare time to be <laughs> spent, uh, besides your three kids? Uh, as, I, as I said before, I, I'm falling in love with uh, the code. I still programming. So uh, uh, now I'm going the, in detail with Python. That is a new technology that I'm, I, I love it. But it's true that I also love uh, football. I'm an Atletico de Madrid fan. Uh, um, and to be honest, I think that I play football since six years old. So I still play in football with 43 years old. So it's <laughs> incredible. Uh, but for me, football uh, learned, uh, learned me a lot of things about life. And, and I'm trying to push my, my kids to do uh, group uh, sports. I don't care if they like football or basket or whatever. But I think that the, the group uh, sports give you some valors, uh, give you the, the capacity to understand what means teamwork, what means that perhaps uh, your college is failing today, but tomorrow will you, you will fail. So in the moment that your college is failing, you need to support them because tomorrow they will support you. And sometimes you win uh, uh, because of you. And sometimes you lose because of you. So that's create a culture. That's create an effort culture. That's create a, a team building. And I think that gives me a lot of values that now I'm using in my leader model. And uh, I, I try to avoid hooligans and that kind of things when I talk about football. It's true that there is a dark side in, in, in the football that I, don't, I want to avoid. But the sport is, for me, it's, it's incredible and I fall in love with it. I want to link uh, what you said about teamwork and uh, sports actually with what you said about um, looking at the solution instead of why the, uh, or who is to blame in the problem. Because sometimes you lose in a team uh, sports because of your teammate. Maybe you've done great, everything you've done great, but then your teammate just made some simple mistake that he shouldn't have done or she shouldn't have done, which caused you to lose. And there you need to keep yourself, you need to 
uh, forget about everything that has happened. You need to support your teammate uh, to make sure that you will be in the second race together again fighting against your competition. That's, That's it. I, I got goosebumps now. I cannot show it. Uh, I'm having long sleeves, but I got goosebumps now. That's quite an important value that I want my kids to learn as well. Yeah. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, I think that's all. Uh, before we end up, I would like to um, get some recommendation from you. Uh, it can be a book, it can be a TikTok video. No, no TikTok videos. <laughs> uh, but it can, it can be uh, something that you found interesting. It can be a podcast, movie, documentary that you found interesting that you would like to uh, yeah, share with our listeners. Yeah. Um, now I, I, I'm finishing the, uh, a book. I think that I can share it because it, it's, I think it's, it's, it's really good and it's based on most of the things that we talk in this conversation. It's called The Unicorn Project. Um, I don't know if you, you know the, the Fenix Project, but it's a really uh, popular uh, book about uh, DevOps, digitalization, and that mm-hmm. kind of things. And this is the second, in the second part. And... Um, it's incredible because the, the, the history that he's telling is our history. It's a person that is working in a company and is working in a project and she falls and they uh, decide to move them to another project and find a way to help. And, and it's incredible because there's a, a book that in a novel... Uh, explain you all the things that you need to success in transformation projects. So um, for me, it's it's a great a great recommendation that I can give to you. Uh, you can find it in, in Amazon. I just found so. it. I, 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 I can find it on Vodafone. In Amazon. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's really easy to do it, and and I'm I, I in the last uh, pages, and I think really really good. Okay. Thanks a lot. I uh, just found the book and uh, it's quite interesting. Um, thanks a lot uh, for being here, Anu, spending time. It was really great uh, to talk to you before the podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry for our listeners that uh, they will miss uh, what we talked about before the podcast. <laughs> uh, but it was really inspiring for me as well. Uh, thanks a lot for being here. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure for me. That was Manuel Patino Luen, or as he prefers to be called, Manu. Manu is the CIO of Vodafone based out of Madrid. Today's episode was hosted by Barish Kavakli. Thanks for joining us.